0: Hey, you guys. Tickets have officially gone on sale for my next virtual conference. In May, we did Rise Live Courage, and now we're doing Rise Live Healthy and Happy. We're spending an entire day nine plus hours of programming with some of the greatest speakers in the world all talking about how to live your life in such a way that you have the energy to have the life of your dreams. What does it look like to learn to eat intuitively? What does it look like to move your body in celebration? What does it look like to approach health from a place of love and celebration instead of shame? We believe that healthy and happy is about how you feel, not about how you look. So I am joined by incredible people like Jay Shetty and Stacey Flowers, Kelly Levesque, Dave Hollis, Trent Shelton, motivating the crap out of you, me talking about inspiration. And if you've ever been to a RISE conference before, you better believe you're also going to hear from Beans and Chris is going to be a day of fun and energy and so empowering. If you feel like you have fallen off your plan inside of quarantine, if you feel like you need a kick in the pants to get you motivated again, this is the day for you. And tickets start at $40. You can go to theholliscode.com right there at the top of the page. You'll see a big banner. Click on it. Let's hang out. Let's get fired up together.
1: People also see someone doing something and being successful in it and think that it's just easy and they just kind of stumbled upon it. And I always say, man, it whatever you're doing to make it successful and great, it takes a lot of work.
0: Today, we're going to talk to my friend Jamie Ivy, an incredibly successful podcaster and soon to be first time author. She's telling us the story of how she found her calling as a radio host quit her dream job to raise her babies and how that choice ultimately led her to start the successful Happy Hour podcast. This episode is awesome for any of you who are pursuing a dream while you have kids. Check out our conversation. I have had this front row seat to getting to watch, um, not even from the beginning because I think we became friends after you already had the podcast, but I definitely have been able to watch it go from... Oh, I know this gal, Jamie, and she has a podcast to like, we have 2 billion downloads or whatever fancy number you're at these days. Uh, so, yeah, I just wanted to talk about will you tell us the story? How I know you used to be in radio, right? Tell me, tell me how you got into podcasting, girl.
1: I had a really small stint in radio, but so. <laughs> So about seven years ago or six years ago, something like that, I forget, four kids. Um, I was literally stay-at-home mom doing my stay-at-home mom gig, and I heard on the radio they had a contest about to happen to win a spot to be an on-air DJ for like my favorite radio station in town.
0: Love it. It was country music, right?
1: Of course, oh, yes.
0: Perfect, perfect. Okay, keep going. Sorry.
1: Okay, so I hear it and I just think. I think this would be fun. And I've always, I had this small dream in me forever. Like I used to say when I was little, I wanted to be um, like a newscaster. I wanted to be on TV or I wanted, I wanted to do something like that. But sometimes that felt weird because it felt like I was saying, Hey, look at me. I want to be famous. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, really, I just thought that'd be an awesome job. So, very long story short, I made a 60 second promo like they told me to. It is so cheesy. I (laughs) wish that I could find it and play it for you. Oh man! So I sent it in and it was this huge contest and it was all voting on social media. And so, you know, I just kind of rallied the troops. And this was years ago when I was, I don't even think I had Instagram. I mean, this was years like, you know, it feels like forever ago in social media world, but six years ago, guys. And so I kept getting votes and getting votes. And then they took the top 10 votes and I was in there. And then the radio station picked the top five and I made it to that. And then they let each of us come in for a morning and do morning show stuff, which none of us knew what we were doing. And Rachel is the craziest thing ever because I won. I mean, (laughs) Like I literally one time during the contest, Aaron, my husband, I went on a date and he looked at me and he said, so I think we should talk about this. Like you might have a job. And I had not worked since before we had kids. Yeah. And All of a sudden I went on a Friday and Monday morning I'm at work, you know, at 5am Wow. and this is my new job. And I loved it so, 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 so much. I mean, I felt like I found my calling. I found my job. I love this. And I'd never done it. Um, and so I did it for about four months. And our kids from Haiti, we adopted three of our kids, two from Haiti, and they had only been home about a year. Mm. And our family kind of exploded that Mm. summer. And so I felt like the biggest change that had happened would be me being absent from their world. And so I quit the job.
0: Yeah.
1: And it was probably the hardest decision I've ever made because I felt gypped. I felt like, This isn't fair. My husband doesn't have to quit. Like, why do I have to quit? And so, but it was, again, I would do it all over in a heartbeat. It was the best decision. But that's what kind of put that spark in me. And then about a year and a half later, I was on a podcast. And I remember getting done with the show and thinking, I could do that. Yeah. And six months later, I started my show.
0: That's so awesome. How did you go about it? I mean, I know that I personally Googled, how do you start a (laughs) podcast? (laughs) But how did you figure out like all of the things?
1: The exact same way. I mean, literally, I listened to a handful of podcasts then. We've been listening to This American Life forever. Yeah. Um, And then like my pastor's sermons when I miss church, you know, something Mm -hmm. like that. But I hadn't really jumped in. And so I just kind of Googled and literally like the first 15 to 20 shows, I cringe when people tell me that they listen from the beginning. (laughs) Um, I'm thankful and it shows progress, you know, but literally I just started. And the first microphone I ever used was like my Apple iPhone. (laughs)
0: I'm not lying. Like, well, know, yeah, who knows? I mean, I think back to starting blogging and in the beginning I was taking pictures in like a dark closet basically with like a crappy point and shoot camera. So we all have to start somewhere. I think, you know, that's actually a great piece of advice for anybody listening is oftentimes you see someone else's middle or someone else's finish line and you're afraid to start. When the reality is like, man, you just got to start taking steps forward and it's probably going to be really crappy. And the only way to get better is just to keep moving forward.
1: It is so true. I mean, I tell people all the time because a lot of people come to me and say they want to start a podcast and I'm like, yes, you should. I love podcasting. Mm -hmm. Um, And I always tell them you need to do some research because I did go in a little too blind. Like I wish I would have known a little bit more. But at the end of the day, I think you just got to jump in and do it. So that's kind of why I jumped in and I could have probably had a little bit more research but yeah. it is what it is. And here I am three years later. And I think it's really good. Yes. And a lot of people, they do this to you. And I'm sure like people will be like, So do you edit your own shows? And and I don't anymore. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I did at the beginning. Yeah.
0: You do what you have to do.
1: You do it and you learn it. And I'm thankful that I did all that work yes. so that I had this kind of baseline. If I had to go edit my show, exactly. <laughs> I could do it. So
0: years ago, I um was at a party and I got to meet the man who started the Cheesecake Factory, which is a super random fact, but I did, and it was awesome. Uh, And he was telling the story of how he started that company, and he said in the beginning he put only things on the menu that he knew how to make, because he said, I am not a chef, but I never want someone else being able to hold my business hostage. So I have to know how to do everything. So if a chef decided to quit on me, I could technically go to the kitchen and keep my business running. And I just thought that was a really great piece of advice. Kind of the same thing you're saying is like, you should know how to edit. Even if you're not great at it, you you need to be able to keep it up and running.
1: People also see someone doing something and being successful in it and think that it's just easy and they just kind of stumbled upon it. And I always say, man, it, whatever you're doing to make it successful and great, it takes a lot of work. Totally. And so... Some people think, oh, you have a great job. You just like talk to people. Well, yeah, that's that's all. It is really cool and that's awesome. There's a lot of work that goes into it. And yeah. I think just understanding the aspects that when you see someone successful, they've put in a lot of hours Absolutely. to get where they are.
0: I This is like me fully asking you a question that if you and I had had time to catch up, if I didn't have a new baby, I would have already asked you. And everyone else can just benefit from this wisdom. How do you prepare for an interview? I know that I've been interviewed by you uh, several times and I know the first time you sent unless I'm dreaming this which could be because I've had like three hours of sleep uh, you sent a big questionnaire for me and here are the different things and then I think you read through that and and disseminate and kind of figure out the questions from there how did you come up with that plan
1: yeah you're right I mean for forever when I started my show there's one thing I knew I wanted it to be and I wanted it to be as if you and I uh, were meeting for happy hour and having a glass of yes. wine yes And so if you and I were going to meet for happy hour, I would never send you questions that I was going to ask you ahead of time, right? That's so true. I just never would. But for me to run the show conversationally, I need to know what's going on in your world a little bit because I'm in charge. So I need to lead the conversation maybe a tad bit more than I would if we and I were just meeting at Cheesecake Factory for a glass of wine. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But so I send the same questions to everybody. It is very... um, Kind of generic questions like, uh, tell me what you're passionate about right now. What um, what conversations are you having these days that you see are being an encouragement to other women? Um, tell me about some family, marriage, or work dynamics that you've had to work through that you can encourage others on the other side. So basically, those just let me wrap my head around the person. Mm-hmm. And literally, I wish I could show you my notes because I'm about to inter- do an interview after we got the phone. Uh, with Lauren Scruggs Kennedy. So I basically put down some points that she told me. And based on that, I come up with some of the things that I want us to talk about. Got it. So I kind of wrap my head around where do I want this interview to go? And then how can we get us there? And then just conversationally, I hope I hope we go there.
0: What do you feel like a person needs to be a good podcaster? Like if, if, if someone's listening, and they're like, darn it, I, same as you, like I could do that. What mm-hmm. do you actually think besides like a computer, an ability to record, whatever, uh, just mm-hmm. personality wise, what do you think they need?
1: Well, I think something that I do well, and I'm learning that it's okay to say what I do well, um, <laughs> Rachel, you're my, my, yes. you're my little guru teacher. Um, something that I think that I do well is that I can listen to what you're saying I can know where I want to go and my brain can be fully listening and fully thinking where we're going to go next. Yes. Um, and I've been on a couple of other shows where I was a guest and I can tell when someone can't do that, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yes, absolutely. Now it might not be a bad show because there's a lot of editing that goes in, a lot of producing behind it. Um, but since my show is conversational and it's pretty fluid, Mm -hmm. um, I feel like I have to be able to do that well. And it's something that I think I can do well. And so that helps me to be able to fully have my brain invested in what they're saying. And also I got to know where I want to go. So
0: do you think that's an innate thing that you have, or could it be a learned, a learned behavior? If uh, like, I'm thinking if you're listening to this and you think, well, shoot, I don't know if I have that ability. Could you draw yourself a roadmap? So, and and I'll tell you right now, Jamie is a dear friend. We've been in Ethiopia together and I still in front of me right now have interview questions and I'm writing notes as you're speaking. (laughs) Oh, you're I I, I am because like you'll say something and I think, Uh, with all of the interviews, I'm always trying to figure out what can I ask that will be helpful to our listeners who actually want to make this a business. Uh, So, you know, you will say something, it'll spark a thought in me that I'll write down to ask you next. Uh, So if you aren't, you know, Jamie, and that's not something that comes to you, automatically, that might be a great idea is to draw yourself a roadmap, maybe practice with your friends. Did you ever practice before...
1: Well, I was going to tell you this, so I feel like that it is a little bit innate in me, but I will mm-hmm. tell you this as well. Early on in my podcasting, one time someone said something to me that was really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, Not not a guess. In fact, it was my husband. And you know sometimes someone is encouraging you? Yes. And they're right, yes. but you're mad.
0: Yes. Oh, I feel like husbands have a special ability to do that. <laughs> they
1: do, right? But I have never forgotten it, and it changed. Like I could probably pinpoint where it changed in my interviewing is he said, you need to listen more.
0: Ooh.
1: He said, sometimes you talk over your guests. Yeah. And I was like, shut up. You're not in <laughs> charge. You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, but as much as I was a little discouraged by his because I, t- I took it as oh, I'm, I'm the worst, I should quit. But I it actually spurred me on. And so I try really hard to let there be breathing room and to let to be a good listener. And so then I can kind of go where we're going to go next. So I think, you know, talking with friends even or letting friends give you constructive criticism is really hard, but it could spur you on to do such greater things.
0: Absolutely. I feel like that's so essential for anything you do, but especially if you are in a business like media, if you're in a business where either you are doing a podcast or I know you've recently just turned in your first book, which is so exciting. Mm -hmm. Anytime you're doing something creative, constructive criticism is going to make it better as hard as it is to swallow. Because, you know. Lord, it's hard to swallow. Yes, like, it is. Because, I mean, I feel like if if it's not something that you are used to, then you do have, at least for me, in the past, like that tailspin reaction where you're like, oh, you're right. I'm terrible. I should never do this ever again. Someone should run me over yes. with their car.
1: Yes. <laughs> I should be dead. This is dumb. <laughs>
0: why did i think that i could do this this is the exactly
1: worst. yeah i've had eighty thousand of those moments on this journey so I'm but sure. i'm still moving so yeah. here we are
0: uh are there other podcasts like what are your i know i was going to say are there podcasts you listen to but obviously you do what are some of your favorites
1: okay so i'll tell you this i just binge listens to the entire missing richard simmons podcast. oh my gosh
0: everyone at the office is talking about i've got to listen to it i've got I mean, to it, listen it,
1: I think it literally is maybe it's six episodes and they're okay. each maybe thirty to forty minutes. Okay. you could do it in a weekend. Okay, when you go to the beach with your kids, just yes. keep an earphone in. Yeah, and you're like, I'm listening. I hear you. Yeah. Um, I also listen to a podcast called Up and Vanished. It's like a crime story. Ooh. It's now in real time because there's stuff happening going on with that. Nice. I like kind of crime things. Yeah. I listen to this show called Can He Do That? And it's a it's about um all the things can Donald Trump do these things. Oh Lord. So <laughs> oh, no. it's. It's intriguing. Um, I listen to the Daily. It comes out every day. It's put on by uh, the New York Times, and it's basically like, 20 minutes of what you might need to know today in the news. Ooh. I like that. And then you and I, I told you, oh, there's two more I want to tell you about how I built this. Have yes, you listened to that?
0: I am obsessed. I have listened to it's, every episode. The second a new yep. one posts, I'm listening to it. Incredible. So inspiring for anybody who is building their own thing. It's yep. just, it's interviews with, you know, Kate Spade and um, Richard Branson, Mark uh, Cuban. Cuban. Yes. Oh, yeah. Gosh, it's so good.
1: Also, uh, making Oprah, which I know we talked about before because it was just amazing. So
0: good. I, I mean, I love those things that are so inspiring. I think listening to other people's stories, you realize like, oh, this isn't magic. Nobody handed them, you know, this huge company. They built it one piece at a time. Whenever we're going through something hard, it always affects us in more than one way. In the season that I've been in in my life, going through a difficult time has affected my sleep. I feel like I'm getting insomnia again that I haven't had in several years. And being able to talk that through with my therapist and kind of unpack why that anxiety is showing up at night, or why my thoughts are racing, or why I can't seem to shut my head off, has been super helpful for me. And if you have considered seeing a therapist or talking to a counselor, it has never been easier to meet with someone virtually. If you are not familiar with BetterHelp, then I wanna make sure that you hear about it from me. BetterHelp has counselors who specialize in everything you can imagine. Depression, stress, anxiety, anger, family conflicts, self-esteem. Anything that you share is confidential and the service is convenient and affordable. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. I want you to start living a happier life today. And as a listener of my podcast, you get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash rise. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash rise.
1: I think that's so, that's important for people to realize because like we said earlier, people will start to think that this stuff just happens. Yes. And unless your last name is like Trump or Mm -hmm, Hilton mm -hmm. or Clinton or Bush, it doesn't.
0: Yeah, totally. Where do you hope, uh, where is this going? What's the dream? I mean, I know, like I said, you just turned in, let's talk about that for a second. Actually, I'm going to change my question. Tell me about um, writing because we haven't had a chance to connect on that awesome, terrible thing that happens when someone asks you to write a book.
1: No, it's like you're honored. And then you're like, really? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Writing a book has been this dream of mine for a while as well. But I've always kind of pushed it to the back burner because writing is not my top gifting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I don't say that to be like, what well, was me? I just say it to be honest, yeah. it's, you know, um, but it's something that I love doing. And I'm passionate about it. And I love encouraging women. And so I knew that it, hopefully it would be an avenue that I would get to go down mm-hmm. And so last year, just kind of all the things fell into place and book deal and, you know, all those things. And next thing you know, I'm writing a book. And so I turned in my book this February of 2017. It's in and we're editing and it comes out next January and writing a book for me was so hard on every level possible. It's Emotionally, just, physically, yes. spiritually. Yes.
0: All and people don't get it. I was having a dinner with a, an author friend of mine a couple of weeks ago. And she was saying, you know, so many people, she's a huge New York times bestseller and has many books and young writers will come to her and want the advice or want the secret. And she was like 99% of the time, the thing that's standing between you and having a book is your ability to finish a first draft. It Mm. is so hard to just sit down and write the words. And and especially when you are writing from personal experiences, Mm. you know, because that uh, you and I were doing nonfiction books at the same time. And for both of us, this was definitely the first time I've written a book like that. Um, And I'm, I'm curious your experience, but for me there were chapters where I was like, Oh, I am working it out. Like I did Mm -hmm. not realize that this thing that happened in my marriage 14 years ago still upsets me this much. So um, did you feel oh, like – Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Totally. I did a lot of writing going away. It just worked better because I'm, yeah. if I'm at my house, I start working on like my day job. and yeah. So I would get away at no lie. Every single time I wrote a lot of stuff about my personal life as well. The whole thing basically. Mm -hmm. And I would miss my husband so much because I would become so lonely. Mm -hmm. And so just going back into those places was really hard for me. Yes. Every single time I went away, I called him like day two. I was like, I want to come home. He's like, well, you're not coming home. (laughs) You need to stay there and write a book. (laughs) Write the book. And I did, but it was so hard. It really was. And I, People had told me that, but I didn't think I knew what to expect until I sat in it.
0: It really is. I, I My friend Heather Avis, who I know you've had on the show, Um, I went mm-hmm. to on Tuesday, her book came out and I went to the party for that and we were doing toasts and my toast to her. She has this incredible tribe of people, like the most supportive community. And it was so great to see that in action. But the truth is that writing a book is a one man thing. Like mm-hmm. it is you and your computer or you and that piece of paper. And it is lonely in a way you don't anticipate if you've never done it before. And it's you can so you can sort of talk to your husband or your girlfriends and, and cry about heart. But nobody, even another author, can't understand how hard it is for you, which I think is why so many people give up.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, it is. It's a one-man job, which – man, we like to have a team, yes, you know, a lot of times and I think teams work amazing. So they put out amazing stuff. And then once you write the book, you do step into a team. Sure. Um, that, that does all the other stuff and helps you, but it is, you got to get the words down. I mean, who is it that says like, how do you write a book? You just sit down and write yep. it, you know,
0: yep. just... put your butt in the chair and write yep. the words. Yep, <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Uh, so are you in edits yet or are you just, you're waiting on notes back?
1: I am waiting on notes back. And so I'm actually looking forward to this. Yes. I think so. I've never done it, but I feel like I'm looking forward to it. Like, I feel like I put everything out that I could. I left everything on the field and I'm ready for them to come back. And I'm really looking forward to someone saying, Hey, we think that we can help you make it better. And I'm not afraid to someone helping me make something better. Um, And so I'm looking forward to that, actually.
0: That's so great. And I feel like that's advice that they're hearing, you know, listeners are hearing from you either when it comes to podcasting or it comes to writing is the willingness to be edited the willingness to be, to have someone come in and, and make it better. I think, gosh, that is such a failing for so many people. I know having worked with, you know, different editors that I'm like, no, don't save my, don't spare my feelings because if you spare my feelings, then I'm going to keep, I'm going to stay at this level. I don't want to be better. And I can't be better unless you tell me the truth. And the truth is sometimes the thing that I thought was the greatest chapter in the world is total garbage.
1: Yep. Yep. <laughs> that is so true. And I think it's good for people to realize that when they're sitting there reading a book, <clears throat> I mean, it is the author's words, hundred percent, but how many, how many hands have gone through to make this really well? And I think that's a good thing for business people to remember is that when we start thinking, Hey, I'm just going to keep this here and I'm going to make sure I do everything all by myself, man, you can't keep that up for that long.
0: Yes. It's not, it's not scalable. It's, you can't grow no. bigger because you are only capable of doing so much. Do well, you have a team that works with you now? And like, tell me about like Jamie Ivy Inc. What do, uh, <laughs> what does your company look like? Would these
1: love days? To. Uh, We actually have a company name. Isn't that crazy? Yes. No, that's uh, great. Well, first of all, when did I have you on my show for the first time? It must have been last January. Yeah, that feels right. Yeah, and that's when we kind of met, and I fell in love with Rachel Hollis, and then you did the live event with me, and then we went to Ethiopia oh, together. So. Much so fun. So much just, you know, encouragement I've taken from you and it's really helped me be business minded as well. So Ivy Media is my book writing and my podcasting and my speaking. So there's kind of three tenets that go underneath that. Um, As soon as I could, people would tell me all the time, man, outsource, outsource, outsource. And, you know, outsourcing takes money sometimes. And so as soon as I got to where I could do that is where I brought on an assistant who does a lot of email work for me, a lot of booking, all my booking for speaking um, a lot of podcasts behind the scenes, the blog writing and stuff. And yes. then I have an editor and then I have a bookkeeper. So these are people, they don't all work for me, obviously, just me. You know, like I contract out the editor and the bookkeeper, but mm-hmm. they really take the stuff off my plate that I'm not good at yes. so that I can do what I am good at. And so... I have heard that forever and I cannot tell you how true it is, is that as soon as you can feel like you can give something up, Mm -hmm. uh, for me first, it was like, help me with my email, you know, and then it was one more thing and then one more thing. And so I'm really grateful for all of these people because I couldn't do as much as I do without them.
0: Yes. I, you know, the question that I feel like people love to ask working moms all the time is like, how do you do it? I just, I don't get, how do you do it? And my, I have so much help. I have a babysitter. Mm. I have like weekend babysitters so I can go on a date. I have a staff of people. Allison is sitting here taking notes. She's the one who did email. like I couldn't do all the things that I'm doing if I didn't if I wasn't willing to accept help. And I think a lot of yeah, women who are so going true. like, I don't know how you do it. I wonder often if it's because there it doesn't even occur, it's not that there's not a willingness. it's that it doesn't even occur to them that that's an option.
1: Yeah. And I mean, we have someone that comes and cleans our house and all my kids are at school right now. You know, so that's, that was another huge hurdle for us is that when my last one went off to kindergarten, you know, four years ago, it's when I kind of, for me personally, I was like, okay, I can do something head on. Mm -hmm. Um, And my mom duty doesn't pick back up until 4 PM, you know? And so that works well for our family.
0: Absolutely. Hey guys, we'll be back in a hot minute with more of this interview, but now a quick word from a sponsor. Want to listen to an audiobook that'll make you feel better about your crappy job? Party Girl takes listeners on an adventure among Hollywood's most beautiful and most outrageous people, revealing the ugly side of Hollywood's prettiest parties. The entire Girl series is now available on Audible, and it's read and written by me. (laughs) Discover the world of Audible Originals today at audible.com. So I know that you love to read as much as I do. I'm curious if there are books specifically that have been um, guideposts for you for your career.
1: I knew you were going to ask me that and I don't (laughs) have
0: any. (laughs) What? You love to read. read.
1: I know I do love to read, but I don't have any that have really helped me in my career. Interesting. I need to
0: send you some, girl.
1: Yes, you do. Because you're the queen of that and you probably told me some that I haven't added. But on the flip side to that, because I knew you were going to ask me that and I would have to like, you know... (laughs) <laughs> tail between my legs say no but because of podcasting I listen to a lot of podcasts mm-hmm. like literally I think I subscribe to 30 to 40 podcasts wow and although I may not listen to all of them intently sometimes when I do listen like for example off camera with Sam Jones I don't know if you've listened to that yeah. but it's a great podcast okay um he, he interviews celebrities but it's very conversational and he Gets, he gets into why they do what they do. And all. I love his style, and for me, it's like I sit down and take a class every time I listen to him interview. Nice. So I think of when I listen to podcasts, I'm obviously listening to the content because there's great content in all these shows, but I'm also listening to how they do their interviews, and yeah. so that's been really good. Um, but you just send me some books.
0: I will. Uh, so do you attend conferences if you're if you're not doing business books? Are you? Do you go to anything? I, obviously, I know you speak at conferences, but do you go to any conferences for business to kind of up your game? Are, I'm, is there a podcasting? Con- I bet there is.
1: I went to a podcasting conference two years ago, which was really, really, really good for me. And I would have gone again this summer, It just conflicted with some other travel stuff. Mm. But yeah, I think podcasting conferences are, there are a lot of fun. The, the, the hard thing for me is that my podcast is faith-based. Mm. And see, it doesn't seem hard except for this. Most faith-based podcasts are like sermons. So I'm this kind of anomaly of, I'm a woman Mm -hmm. and most of them are men. Mm -hmm. And it's not, although my show is faith-based, it's not churchy. So it's this weird kind of thing where I'm trying to find my footing as well, if that makes sense. And so like I just signed on with an ad agency and they were just kind of like, what do we pitch you as? (laughs) I was like, I know it's difficult because it is faith-based, but it's not churchy at all. Mm-hmm. It's just me. So there's that. But I went to a conference about speaking. So yeah, I do go to conferences. As you know, mm-hmm. it's hard when you speak at conferences to leave your family to go to a conference Absolutely. sometimes. Absolutely, cuz you're like And that's oh, just a personal yeah. thing. Yes.
0: Are there um, areas in your business, you as a businesswoman, professional interviewer, what have you, that you are looking at 2017 and thinking, like, this is the area I would really like to grow in this year? Do you sit down and kind of identify those at the start of a new year?
1: Uh, we definitely look at like, what do we want to make some changes? So there's some changes we're thinking about going through with the show. Mm. Um, and so we look at that at the beginning of the year and that would change a couple of business aspects for sure. It's nothing major. It's just how do we change it up? Cause yeah. we want to be continually growing and different and, you know, doing all the things that everyone else is doing. We don't want to just get comfortable in, you know, the regular happy hour. You know, we look at our live events, which you are a part of it, and we've done three weekends now. And it's a huge thing for the show in building community and brand building. Mm-hmm. We're looking to see how do we make more money at those. Yeah. And, you know, you've been a huge, you know, influence on that for me. And I think one thing I've learned over the past two years with, My business also being a ministry, which Mm -hmm. that might seem weird to some of your listeners, but basically when I speak, I speak at churches Mm -hmm. or things like that is for me really owning it as a business. And so... I do. I really do. And I spoke, I speak to other women who do stuff in quote unquote ministry and say, it can be a business and that's okay. Yes. And so you were a huge influence for me on that is just like stepping up to the plate and saying, I don't have to be like, woe is me. Don't pay me, yes. you know, da, 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 Come because on. that's dumb. <laughs> so dumb. So, you know, we're looking at like, how do we make these live events profitable to sustain us throughout the year for other ways? So yeah, there's that. I'm looking at starting another podcast possibly, you know, that's cool. kind of, I've never said that out loud, but Ooh, there's that possibly. Uh, now so, it's official. You know. <laughs> so yeah, we do do that as well as for sure. Um, especially my husband's a good influence on that with my, with me as well as a good brainstormer. So yeah,
0: The live events, I f- uh, not even I feel like, experiential things are so, in the last couple of years, have just become so popular again. So I feel mm-hmm. like you were right on the cusp of taking that on as it, you know, so many women want something to do. And I was blown away when we did the first one in Jamie's backyard, literally in Jamie's backyard. It was incredible. Yes. So much fun. but. I mean, it was there in Austin. What were there two hundred, two fifty? Like how many women? Maybe I'm making up numbers. How many Uh, people were in your backyard? Like 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 three thousand women were in Jamie's
1: backyard. Those are great numbers. The first one, I think we had about 130 women, and then each time after that, we've done it two nights in a row and had this last time we had 140 ladies each night. Yes,
0: so that many women sitting in a crowd, and maybe like at least half of them were from out of town if not more, sure. like people just, and people I'm saying like, we're in Austin and women are there from DC and Virginia and Florida. And because I mean, I'm sure people listening, like you just want, you want a girl's weekend. You want an experience. You want something that sounds ridiculous, but you like, you want something to put on your social media. Uh, so, so live events are super popular. Do you feel like, what do you think is the biggest difference from your first live event to the one that you just had? Like, are there in terms Uh of it getting better?
1: Oh, this was our best one yet, and oh, I hope cool. that you should be able to say that each time. Yes. But I really do know this was our best one yet, and uh, we just, you know, you know, like after you've done something a few times, you just get a little bit more of a handle on things. Yes, the things that stress you out the first time don't stress you out as much the last time because yeah. you know they're going to kind of fall into place, making it experiential. Like this time, we had a photo bus. Fun. Um,
0: a photo so that was, bus.
1: Yeah, was so cute. A bus. You, oh. No, you get to the bus and take pictures. Was this in Austin?
0: Yeah, dang it. Photo bus. That's so fun.
1: But so we just, you know, for us, you know, talking about experience and community, like I know that as women, I feel like every, it's a human thing, but especially as women, I can speak to that, um, crave this community and connection. And it's something that is happening with the happy hour. They feel connected every week. Some of them are like three years invested. They listen to my voice every single week. And so these events, I mean, you're right. These women come from everywhere. Some of them come alone. Like this last time a girl was all by herself from Connecticut. I was like, girl, amazing. And she met friends and people are connected. And so I love just using that as another aspect to encourage and inspire women. I mean, it is just... And it's fun. You know, we have a lot of fun. Yeah. And
0: I honestly feel like you don't need Jamie's platform. You don't need my platform to make that a reality. People are craving community and it's something that you can create in your own homes, in your own cities. I think so often, I mean, this is a space that I live in, but uh, people are afraid to have a party or invite people over or let's do a happy hour or come over and have a play date because they think my house isn't stylish. I don't have cocktails that look like they do on Instagram, my hair, whatever. The reality is the women in your life are as hungry for community with you as you are for community with them. And you just need a space to do it within.
1: Yep. It's so true. And just, I always think too, like, and just make them feel welcomed Mm -hmm. and make them feel valued.
0: Absolutely. Do you feel like, I mean, that's such a great intention. Do you have an intention with the pot? Like, do you have a when you set out with the podcast, you're like, this is every time what I want people to feel when they're listening to it. Hey, y'all. If you are looking for something to complement the foods that you are already eating to bless your body, I want to make sure you know about Sakara's Clean Boutique. It's the perfect complement for your eating journey with organic, whole food-based healthy snacks, supplements, and heartwarming teas that round out your rituals beautifully. Complete your Saqqara life and ensure you're getting all the essential plant nutrition you need every day with The Foundation, the brand's curated vitamin packs. And if you want to check it out, right now Saqqara is offering our listeners 20% off their first order when they go to sakara.com slash rise or enter code rise at checkout. That's Saqqara, S A K A R A. Dot com slash rise to get 20% off your first order. Saqqara.com slash rise.
1: Yeah, we do. And we kind of developed that a little bit into it. So I, you know, looking back at the old episodes, I feel like that intention was always in my heart because it's kind of what I do in life. Mm-hmm. But we look at every show and if every show encourages women um, to do Encouraging them in whatever season of life they're in, like I want to be an encouragement to whatever season in life, yes. and I want to inspire women to do great things. Like I want them to think they can do great things and big things. Mm-hmm. Um, and coming from my heart as a faith podcast, at every time I want to point people to the truth of uh, about God's love for them. And so, if those three things happen for me, then we've done a great exactly. show. Yeah. And so we do that with every aspect, with the live events, with the podcast online. And and I think it's really intriguing to some people as well, because I know I've said this before, but I just can't say enough is it's real and authentic. So when someone says faith podcast, they might think, oh, gosh, she's just going to preach to me. No, it's just real life.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's just
1: real. The same way that you integrate what you believe into things that I see that you do online, it doesn't become preachy. It just becomes Rachel.
0: Yeah. If you want to hang out with me, this is what would really come up in real life because I'm going to church on Sunday and I believe in this. So yeah, yeah, I love that. Uh, So we ask the same five questions every time we, like there's a committee of people here asking (laughs) questions. (laughs) Sorry. I ask the same five questions every time I do a podcast interview. And now I would like to ask them to you. Uh, what time do you get up in the morning?
1: Oh, this is good. I thought I was going to be nervous and you're oh, going to ask no, me about no, business Oh, no, no, these are books. like
0: easy, easy baby questions.
1: I'm ready. Okay, so my alarm goes off at 6.06 and I usually roll out of bed about 6.30.
0: Out of curiosity, why 6.06? <laughs> it just
1: happened one time and I've never changed it.
0: That's hilarious <laughs> and also unsurprising. It's uh, just
1: on my cell phone and why change it, yeah, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, that's too much work. Come on. I it like is. It. Uh, what is your coffee order?
1: If it's the first coffee of the day, it's always just going to be black coffee. Yes. If I feel like a little treat, you know, or yes, it's like yeah, third cup treat, of the day.
0: Your treat, yeah. third cup coffee. That's what I'm looking just for. Just
1: give me a plain latte with almond milk. Nice. I know it's not exciting, but it's just my life.
0: I know you travel as much as I do with all of your speaking gigs and fancy life. Uh, what is the one travel item that you're just like, this is essential for me continuing to function?
1: Um. A lot of times I travel with a pair of socks in my bag. Um, it's very
0: specific. Bec- I, I was not anticipating that. <laughs>
1: well, because um, if I'm wearing, especially in the summer, I'm wearing shoes I might not have socks yes. on. I don't like sitting on an airplane if I take my shoes off without socks yeah. on. Yeah.
0: And it gets cold. And yeah, yes. all right, all right, I'm feeling you.
1: Yes. Uh-huh. Uh,
0: what is your favorite physical activity like for exercise and how often do you do it?
1: Oh, I'm so embarrassed. Um, Lately, these days, a walk in my neighborhood for 45 minutes really fills up my soul. Your neighborhood's
0: uh, gorgeous. I mean, when you say neighborhood, Jamie lives out in the country. So if yeah. you're walking, it's like a gorgeous like, oh, here's where God created the land. <laughs> yeah,
1: there's like blue bonnets everywhere <laughs> yes. right now. Yes, it's beautiful. Um, and so doing that, like in the middle of my day for forty-five minutes with my dog is really good. I try to do that oh, at least twice a week. I should do it more. But I've already I started swimming lately, Rachel.
0: Oh, really? Your laps?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I'm why. Trying.
0: <laughs> as and opposed like to like floating, a I don't know what that suit and wow. everything. Wow, at a like not your house? At my gym. Oh, your gym. Yeah, okay. at my gym. Wow. Okay, this is the dumbest question ever, but I'm in a real <laughs> life because you're my friend. Ask you like, how does that affect your hair? Because I hate oh, getting it's my awful. hair wet. Okay.
1: So here's the deal. I even bought swim caps. Yes. But when I take the swim cap off, my hair's wet. So yeah. I think this is a joke, unless the pr- swim cap is strictly to make you go faster, which in that ne- point, I don't need that. Like, yeah.
0: I don't think the swim cap. Yeah. I think it. Yeah, yeah. It always got my hair wet.
1: So swimming for me is like I haven't fixed my hair or it's the end and it's time to do it again, okay. if that makes sense. That makes so I will definitely. Sense. If I blow dried my hair that day, I'm oh, not yeah. getting in the pool. Oh, yeah.
0: We're not. Come on. I'm not even working out. I'm like, <laughs> That's I got good hair. That's much work. Yeah. 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 It's, I agree with you. I'm not doing a hard workout if I've got good hair. That's uh-uh. just reality. That's right. <laughs> Any woman who's listening to this who's like perfectly in shape is like shaking her head. Like, yep, oh, yep. these ladies, that's why you are not the size I am.
1: <laughs> that's um, why you have a muffin That's top. okay. There I feel go. fine
0: with that <laughs> because my hair looks good, so you're not looking at my belly.
1: There you uh,
0: go. So the podcast is called Deus. Uh, Deus is a platform from which uh, you speak, and I have asked every single interview, and I, what I love most about this is that no one gave the same answer. What is the one thing that you wish – If you could sort of speak to women today, particularly women in business or working moms that you see them really struggling with, that if you could just speak this truth over them, like shake them by the shoulders and say like, girl, this is the reality and you are missing it. What is the thing that you would say to them?
1: Oh, that's good. And I just come from like an example of just this morning, I can tell you something that happened. So if I'm speaking to like working moms, because that's where I kind of line up in there um, is so many times as I can. And I think anyone that's listening, that is, um, a working mom, you can start to feel as though, am I a good enough mom? Mm -hmm. Like, am I going too far in my career? Mm -hmm. Like, have I gone too far where I'm neglecting my kids, you know? And just this morning we're struggling with one of our kids at home and a friend was being so kind. She was not calling me out at all. And she was just being so kind. And she was like, maybe she need to bunker down and slow down in my head. I thought. I can't. Like, I have a job. What do you mean bunker down and slow down? Like, who gets to pick that when you own a business? But I was being very defensive. Mm. And so she wasn't saying that at all. You know, she was just being kind and loving. But for me as a working mom, sometimes I have got to look at it and say that I am a really good mom when I'm being fulfilled in my job. Amen. Uh, when I come, when my kids walk in the door at 3.30 and I've worked all day and I shut it down, I, I'm i not exhausted mm-hmm. um, I and I'm ready for them because I have been creative during the day. I've been fulfilled. I have been doing what I believe is that God has created me to do. Mm-hmm. And so when I look at it from that way and then <clears throat> I have to leave my kids on a weekend, i realize realized that what an honor that I get to do this because God has gifted me in this and I get to go encourage women around the world. And then because of my job, I also have other perks. We can leave and go to, you know, the beach for a week Mm -hmm. and work can Stop or whatever. So, I just constantly have to look at. Man, I have done everything in my life to be an amazing mom, and part of that is that I get to do something that God created me to mm-hmm. do. Um, and I get to. I put my. I put boundaries up. And yes, as much as I'm telling you, I was defensive this morning. I take in when people are telling me, "Hey, maybe it's a little too much. You need to take a break." Mm-hmm. But I really love that my kids get to see their mom pursuing a passion that she's good at, yes. and that, in a sense, is changing lives. Absolutely. And so. For me, I got to remember that, you know, and
0: I love that to remember
1: how it helps me be a better mom.
0: Yes. I love to, I think so much of our, as moms, so much of our guilt, I mean, this is probably for all women, not just mothers, but so much of our guilt is based on comparison, is based oh, yeah. on we should be like so-and-so. And I will tell you, I told this to Dave last night, and I literally said the words to him, I would never say this out loud, but I'm going to say it to you, and I'm going to say it because I think it's an encouragement, and I am probably going to get angry emails and, and mean Facebook comments. But oh, here is we go. going to be fun. Get ready. But I think that this is a really um, <laughs> uh, interesting topic of like not comparing yourself to other mothers. I have a three-week-old baby. And I love her so much. I genuinely do not feel a difference in the love I have for Noah and the love I had for my boys, even though she's adopted. You know how long, I mean, most people listening, five years to get our adoption completed. It has been such a long journey. I am so freaking grateful to the bottom of my soul. Mm -hmm. But I have never been a mom that loves the newborn years. I don't. Mm-hmm. She's. I love cuddling with her. I swear that I do. But I find myself like, oh, I can't wait until you're six months. Because at <laughs> six months, you will recognize me. Right now, mm-hmm. you're a little baby blob. And you mm-hmm. sleep all day long. And I am telling you right now that there are women listening to this. And their hearts have stopped. And they are just like, how dare you not love every... You know, those, you see those women online. or in, And they're just like... The precious cherub, I have stared at your face for three hours and watched the sun pass over the nursery window and my life is fulfilled. And like, I'm not, I swear I'm not judging. I wish that I had that. I don't. Yeah. I am not. I cannot freaking wait until she has a personality and she's got things to say. But girl, I'm not a, I'm not a newborn mom. I never have. It's baby four. I've never been a newborn mom. So I just, I was telling Dave, I was like, I would be sacrificed in the town square if I admitted this online right now, that these are not my favorite times. But then I I was thinking about it today and I thought, well, you only feel like that because you see other women who it is their greatest moment and you feel like you should be them.
1: Yep. So I do the same thing with um, moms who volunteer in the classroom all the time.
0: Oh yeah.
1: I mean, I used to be able to do that before (laughs) I was running this thing. Yes. And I, and it, and you, and people would look at you and say, well, you work from home. Can't you make time? Well, just not always. I can't, Yeah, you know? And so I do get to go to some things, but I can't do all the things. Yes
0: and thank God we've talked about this before thank God for those moms who can for those moms yes. who is their joy and in, in life because our kids would not have the cool classrooms the yep. awesome thing. if you weren't devoting time to that like I you know the sign ups for like the class like St. Patrick's <laughs> yeah. Day party like I uh-huh. am the queen of bring the themed napkins yep. I got your themed paper or I'll paper give you plate. $20 oh girl I'll pay for I'll Venmo you <laughs> all day long I yeah but I there was a time time in my life when I was the mom who made the perfect like rainbow you know sandwiches or whatever for St. Patrick's Day it's just not I'm not there Mm -hmm. anymore and I'm so grateful for the moms who are but I just think that we as we would all be so much happier so much more fulfilled so much more centered such better women and mothers if we just stopped looking outside of our own homes for who we should be.
1: Yeah. And it goes both ways too. You know what I mean? Like I could look at someone who doesn't ever volunteer ever and be like, Oh, I'm going to be like her. Yeah. (laughs) Totally. Instead of just being, I'm actually just going to be who Jamie is, you know, and that means that when my daughter goes to the Capitol in third grade, I can make that. You know what? I can't come to book fair because I just don't have time to help you pick out a book. Yes. (laughs) Your teacher can help you pick out a book just fine, you know? She is
0: literally licensed (laughs) and educated to help you choose your reading material, child. Exactly. Thank the Lord for her. Uh, Thank the Lord for you. Thank you so much. Um, I have been so lucky this season. I'm sure you felt this like a million times, but um, I've gotten to interview so many of my dear friends and I feel like it's such a special, well- Anybody can log on and and listen to you speak all the time, but I have gotten um, the wisdom and grace and kindness of getting to be a real life friend with you. And so I'm so grateful that people listening get to experience a little bit of um, how awesome you are and everybody, I'm sure I don't need to encourage you because now you're going to be like, oh, I want to hear everything that Jamie Ivey has to say, but uh, the happy hour with Jamie Ivy is on iTunes right now and everyone should go listen to every episode, especially the ones that I am in. Cause they're the best.
1: I was going to say, just start with Rachel. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean it that, that feels like, like 78 times. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's pretty easy. Just type it in the search engine. Yes, um, but thank yes. you so much, girl. I super appreciate your time. I know you're busy. Um, and I just loved hearing all the juicy details about podcasting.
1: Well, you're sweet. I'm so happy to be on and I love you encouraging business women.
0: Yes, absolutely. In business. Yes. How
1: do you say it? What's the what's the what's the politically correct term?
0: Um, I
1: we're trying to figure that out. Business because people. I know I heard you yeah. say something about it's not your favorite thing.
0: Yes, I get I do get really frustrated with terms like girl boss or I just Uh I don't think that we should qualify it. I think that we're just people in business. And honestly, um, I totally um, ripped you off. in that I interviewed all women this season and had one male interview, which was my husband. Um, I love it. Yeah. Um, But I just really wanted something that showcase more women in business without calling like not calling attention to that it's just a podcast and i happen to know a bunch of kick butt incredible women who are working in really cool industries and you guys should hear what they have to do so i love it yeah all right girl have an awesome weekend and um, an awesome interview and i will talk to you soon thanks rachel thanks girl Hey, guys, if you like this episode, I hope you will consider subscribing to the Deus podcast on iTunes, sharing it with your friends and showing some love on social media. For a newbie show like mine, those reviews are everything. Thanks to our producer, Allison Cohen, our sound engineer, Jack Noble, and our sound editor, Andrew Weller. To stay in touch with all things Deus, you can check out thechicsite.com or follow me on social media. I am Ms. Rachel Hollis on every single platform. Most importantly, I hope you heard something today that inspires you. I'll see you next week. So this week, I announced my next book. It's called Didn't See That Coming. It's all about how you put your life back together after your world falls apart. I actually wrote this inside of quarantine because I wanted something that y'all could read as you transition out of the crisis of a pandemic. And then inside of writing it, my world fell apart. And... This is a story of how you keep on going. This is a story of the tactics and the tools that I have used time and time again when I have gone through grief or loss or trauma. The book comes out on September 29th, and you can find it today. You can pre order wherever books are sold, and yes, I am narrating the audio as always. But if you pre-order, meaning if you buy it any time before September 29th, if you go to didn'tseethatcomingnewbook.com, you can get my one-hour course on how to rebuild. How do you rebuild your life? Free one-hour course plus a workbook that you can print out and utilize to start the process. Something that I thought I could give you to be helpful as you transition to whatever comes next. Didn't See That Coming is my new book, and I hope that you will check it out.